If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the Get in Touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT Thomas at KT's Money Matters with your tips and quips and ideas about making money, growing money, spending money, saving money, investing money. It's the holidays, and this is the one we always talk about spending money. Sometimes we're spending all the money we'd planned, the money we saved for Christmas or for the holidays, the money that we spend decorating our homes, the money that we spend bringing gifts to our friends or you know, having dinner or food or drinks or going to parties and something for the children at need, whether you're giving toys to Toys for Tots or some other charity, or you're writing your year-end charitable contribution checks. There's a lot of money moving around this time of year. And I think sometimes it's really easy to lose track of where everything is. So stay tuned through the break. Hey there, KT here. As you are trying to figure out what makes sense for people that you love for holidays, consider my book, the Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money by Kathleen Thomas, available on Amazon in a book, a Kindle, or an Audible. This book is a terrific stocking stuffer. It's also great for the young female adults in your life who you want to give financial advice to, and maybe they don't want to hear it from you. The book sells for $19.99, and obviously the Kindle and the Audible are less. Feel free to check it out. Also, thanks for being a fan of the show and a member of the Money Matters community. I'm always looking for ideas about future topics for the show. Feel free to go to ktsmoneymatters.com and share some of that information with me. I'd love to know what you think. You know, I recently got back from vacation. I spent a little time in the Caribbean and my husband and I went over to St. Thomas for the day and walked around. Now, I had been in St. Thomas maybe 10 years ago. We'll just say pre-hurricane, post-hurricane. So pre-hurricane, there was tons of shopping, all different kinds of ideas and items, some high-end stores, and many, many, many jewelry stores, all saying they had precious stones and beautiful jewelry and how it was so much better than anywhere else. And there really was, you couldn't throw a stone without hitting a jewelry store. Now, post-hurricane, a lot of St. Thomas is on the way back, but still, you know, frankly, they're still building parts of the town back up. And there's not a lot of people that stay on St. Thomas. More what there is, is cruise ships that visit St. Thomas nearly every day. And every time a cruise ship pulls in, 2,000 or more people pour off it and are new potential buyers for jewelry. And I say jewelry because post-hurricane, it's almost all jewelry. It's amazing. You think about how much inventory is just in that two block radius. And I think to myself, I'm like, this would be a jewel thief's dream come true. Not that I'm giving anybody any ideas. I don't mean it like that. But really, wall to wall, beautiful stones, beautiful settings, more and more settings. You could buy loose stones, new stones, reset something. 
And I think to myself, what are all these jewelers doing here and why? Well, for anybody that ever bought a little something, something for themselves while they were in the Caribbean that they really hadn't thought they were going to buy for themselves before they went there, we all know it's called the impulse buy. And the impulse buy just doesn't just affect us when we're docking at stations on our cruise ship, although we have to admit that cruise ship shopping is really one of those places where you spend literally thousands of dollars more than you ever had intended. But not everybody's going on a cruise right now. So I'm going to bring it back and talk about impulse buying as it pertains to all of us, not just the cruise ship people. But when you think about that, all those stores are there, what they're saying to you is they know something about you as a consumer. And consumer characteristics are one of the biggest reasons why people have issues around impulse shopping. So the thing about the consumer is, and all of the retails, frankly, whether it's online retailing, whether it's phone products like Apple, or whether or not it's sweaters at the mall, they all know a few things about us. One is that we're emotional shoppers. We tend to buy because it makes us feel good. We actually get kind of a little bit of a stimuli when we buy something that we feel good about. Some people are more susceptible to that than others. But those of us who get a little sense of satisfaction when we buy something we think is nice or we think something that we think our friends will like, that it makes us feel good. Americans are very visual people. So visual merchandising is a huge component of why we spend money that we weren't thinking about. So whether it's the display out in front of the store or it's that aisle end place that actually people like, oh, like let's say it's Doritos or Coca-Cola or whatever, you're in the grocery store, those aisle end caps are the most expensive real estate for them to rent to sell to you, which actually kind of that's how it all goes inside of a grocery store, because they know you're more likely to buy off an end cap than you are in the aisle. Why? Because people can skip the aisles. And many people do skip aisles. They don't have anything in that they're interested in, but nobody skips the end caps. There's a lot of franchising that goes on with those end caps, whether it's a grocery store or you go into a clothing store or a department store. Those end caps are typically beautifully designed with lots of inventory and big sale signs giving you the idea that this is like a fantastic time to buy it. And the other thing is that it is quick and easy. So in a society where people value money and time, but really see the trade-off of money and time, the reality is something easily available on the end cap can be grabbed quickly. And therefore, if it's on sale and I can buy it quickly, it meets that time value, money value mix, even if I don't need it, which is a part that's, I think, very strange. We can also be highly influenced by what our friends and families say. So if you think about like selling things on Facebook, you know, I actually have bought things on Facebook. This is fantastic. Something shows up on my feed that only I, I think, would know I might want. And more importantly, somebody else I like actually likes it too. So then all of a sudden they're tipping into that idea of people being influenced by their friends and their family whether you go to somebody's home and you see it in their home and then you want it yourself, or you see somebody wear this cute pair of shoes and you're like, I gotta have a pair of those, that your friends and your families, long before social media, your friends and your families are influencers of the things that you might buy. And then last, of course, 
even though I put this last, this is a large part of the value proposition is that the discounts and the offers are enticing. So there's some part that makes us feel like we got a sale for something that we otherwise might not have got. And it gives us the sense, despite the fact that we're spending money, maybe that we weren't thinking we were going to spend, that we're somehow a smart consumer because we got something on sale. So if you're exhausted about all this, so am I. So I tried to come up with some ideas about how you might be able to get yourself to be a little bit more conscious as a consumer. Now, frankly, you know, I did a little Googling around and, you know, there's everything like count every penny in your checkbook or separate your money in envelopes. And it's not that those ideas don't work. It's that most people just frankly aren't doing it. So I wanted to try to come up with some more user-friendly tips that might be something that somebody could embrace. First thing that you need to know about yourself as a consumer is that everyone, and I mean everyone, has a bias. Whether you think Tide is the best detergent or you think Apple makes the best products, or I always say this to my husband because he used to work at Harley Davidson, what he says to me that, you know, we have to buy whatever manufactured products from the initial seller versus, say, a third party manufacturer of a replacement part. I say to him, is this an orange shirt guy thing? Meaning, like, does it have to be the brand because you're the brand guy? So my husband's bias is he's the brand guy. And so he wants the best brand, even if it's not necessarily the best value. He feels like he's safer when he buys the brand. Now, if you think you're not like that, just think about the car that you drive and ask yourself, am I biased about the brand that I drive? Would I have driven a Kia instead of a Honda? Would I have even taken a Kia on a test drive when I bought a Honda? I'll tell you about my Honda buyers and I'll tell you about my Subaru buyers. They are definitely biased toward their products. And so it's not that you can't be biased towards a car manufacturer, but what you want to do is ask yourself, am I biased to this thing? Is there a reason why I like this product better than something else? Am I willing to pay more for this product because of that bias? It's most important to know that you have a bias so that you can use that filter when you think about purchasing. So you want to know that if you're going to buy something just because it's on sale that you really didn't need and you aren't even sure that you actually really wanted just because it's on sale, that's a habit that you could curtail. By the way, this is a habit that is running mutiny all over your budget right now as it's holiday time. And I always say extra Christmas presents for the kids. How many of you have set a budget as to how many you're going to buy? Of course, there were four of us. We used to count presents to see who got the most presents. And my mother would make a big deal out of like wrapping up socks and underwear and t-shirts and all that stuff separate so that we'd have a lot of stuff to open. But I think today what happens is people just, oh, I'll add that on. Oh, they can always use that. I'll add that on. But what you have to ask yourself is how much is enough? And do I really need one more thing on top of all the other things that they already got? The other thing people love to buy on sale is things that aren't quite right. Now, ladies here, I'm talking about clothing. We tend to buy things that we feel like is a really good bargain that might not quite be the color we wanted. Sometimes it doesn't fit right and we think we're going to lose a few pounds and then that actually seldom happens. You know, New Year's resolutions time is coming up. So we all know the big diet that happens after the holidays and how that's going to fit better. I don't want to burst anybody's bubble here, but if it doesn't fit and you don't feel good in it when you put it on the first time, it definitely won't get better the second time. 
I have a, you know, a few ideas about how to avoid impulse buying, but my personal favorite is the 24 hour rule. What's the 24 hour rule? If I don't have to buy it today, I don't. I never go into a car dealership and buy the car that day. I just don't do it. I don't bring my car in for the trade so that I can't even complete the transaction. And that allows me a day to decide, do I really want this? Families that are living on a budget, I always say that you should set a family amount that you consider to be a big purchase amount. So maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's $500, maybe it's $2,000. It really depends upon your family. But if it's a big amount, the first rule is one of you shouldn't make that purchase without both of you agreeing on that purchase. And that big purchase items could wait as long as 30 days. Now, if your dishwasher is broken and you need a new one, then that might be different. You might have to do that right away. But if we're talking about, you know, you're going to upgrade to a better car, you're going to buy a better computer, you're going to spend thousands of dollars on a vacation, it could wait. It could wait long enough to make sure that that's actually what you really want to do. A couple more ideas if you have a problem with impulse buying. You could avoid shopping areas. And I'll tell you what, the death of the malls is part of the avoiding shopping areas idea. So. Less and less people go to the mall now and walk around and look at everything with every store. And that actually is good for the consumer. Unfortunately, what they've replaced it with is cruising online shopping sites. In fact, if you're cruising online shopping sites every day, which many of us are, then what you need to know is you are actually shopping every day. Now, you used to go to the mall once a week, but now you shop every day. We're not going the right way. So malls weren't necessarily the solution, but replacing it with online shopping isn't helping us either. I really believe in abandoning your cart for a day. So I just did this with Amazon. I was shopping for Christmas presents. I bought a few things, I put them in the cart, and then I ignored it for a day. And then I went back, I edited my cart, decided what I was keeping, and then ordered it to be delivered. So what's the risk of that? Well, the risk is they might have sold that to somebody else and then maybe I don't have the opportunity to buy it or they might have gone up on the price. But to tell you the truth, neither one of those things happened. And frankly, that's actually never happened to me. I fear it, but it's never actually happened. So is there a reason why you have to buy it right away? Is it just because you just want to get it done and move on? Is it because you don't think you'll be able to get it later? Try it. Try leaving your basket full and coming back the next day. We talked a little bit about the displays and how they might draw you in. But the other thing you want to think about is being mindful about how you react to an impulse buy. How good does it make you feel when you bring some new little trinket home to your house? How big does that need to be? And do you actually have a place to put it? I can always tell people that have a little buying itch because they don't have a clean space in their whole house that isn't covered with something that they bought along the way that they just had to have. If you're that person, this next step might work for you. I actually don't take the tags off things I've bought until I'm ready to use them or at least 24 hours. 
Now, again, this is like an altered version of the 24-hour rule, but basically what happens is if I decide in the next 24 hours that I really didn't need it, want it, or it really doesn't match, I take that bag with the receipt and I put it right back in my car. Once it's in my car, it has a much better chance of getting back to the store and getting me a credit back on my credit card. Will I take a store credit? It really depends. Like if I ever shop in that store all the time or not. But most of the time, if I keep my receipts on the items and I keep my credit slip from the purchase, I can return them for credit back to my credit card account. And that's that. See, everybody, and myself included, we're not always capable of not buying that thing we think is great. But the reality is, if we were a little lukewarm about it in the store, we're not going to come home and warm up to it. So be prepared to return it and let that be a trade off if you decide that you can't not buy it at the time then think about being willing to return it later when you figure out after the high is gone that you really didn't want it anyway. As we get through the holidays and into our New Year's resolutions, and you guys know they're coming, consider how now might be the right time to get in the habit of managing your buying power. Until we speak again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>